Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber. Great to be with you uh, in a, on a, a, you know, a week or two of no Premier League action because, uh, as it stands right now, the Premier League is in their winter break, having their winter break. We've talked about the winter break, and um, funnily enough, even with you know 30-plus fixtures backed up, maybe not quite as many as 30, but close to it, they think uh, it's a great idea to give the teams off until uh, the 5th, 8th, 9th, and 10th of February, Um, which is, you know, odd, really, if you think about it. I understand about a break, but, you know, a lot of them are having a break. Look, let's talk about this some more, shall we? Uh, Welcome to the show. Lots to get to today. We're going to talk about the transfer window. Let's take a look at that and see where things stand, Uh, see who's got and moved and done what with where Ranieri gone from Watford. That managerial discussion is another discussion to have. We do have a lot to get to today. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Um, it is wonderful that you're with me, including our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It is wonderful to have you with us. And if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, if that's iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app or our podcast at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Podcast Network. Uh, what a pleasure it is to have you with me. I'd love to know what you think, what topics are important to you as the Premier League mentioned earlier, enjoying its winter break. Meanwhile, African Cup of Nations going on. Uh, unfortunately, and in Cameroon, a uh, massive stadium crush again. It seems like we will never, ever learn. Uh, in Resulted in multiple fatalities. It's very sad. Let's talk about it all. World Soccer Radio, Nick Gieber with you. Once again, Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm going to step aside and take a very quick break, and we right back to kick it all off right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Premier League on break for the winter holidays. They're taking 10 days or so off. Shame on them. How dare they disrupt my beloved Premier League and uh, my uh, weekend entertainment, but they're going to do it anyway. Having said that, I did give you a whole slew of betting picks on Friday. And we had Premier League matches all over the weekend. And those picks I gave you were all courtesy of our good friends at betonline.ag. Now, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year. As the march to the playoffs continue, of course, Super Bowl coming up. And we talked about the Premier League restarting and the Champions League. All the good stuff. 
BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. There's a new year. They've got a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLEAV to get started. Once again, promo code BLEAV for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whether it's gridiron, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, all the football you can want, Champions League, Premier League, Europa League, FIFA tournaments, all the way to your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games, don't you wait to take advantage of all the incredible offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And as I've mentioned a couple of times, by the way, um, you know, BetOnline actually is where I bet on sports. And uh, I laugh, and you can laugh, and we can all have a chuckle. When I say I bet on sports, it's not like I'm hoping to get a new Ferrari, folks. I mean, I literally bet a few bucks here and there. Nothing. It's uh, change money. But it's so much fun. Because on a normal day, let's be honest, Brentford Wolves isn't going to really move the meter for me. Or Leicester Brighton. Well, no, that's not fair. That's probably not true. Certainly Watford Norwich. Well, okay. Yeah, maybe Watford Norwich. See, that's the thing with the Premier League, right? <laughs> it's like you're really hard-pressed to find matches that don't have an interesting backstory. Of some form or another. I mean, Watford Norwich City should have been a match... Really just not that interesting. I mean, yes, it was a six-point relegation battle. Yes, absolutely, I get that. But it's kind of like this churning at the bottom end of the table where you got the Watfords and the Burnleys and the Newcastles and the Norwich and I'll have to say the Everton's possibly, that are just sort of you know, they're being sucked around the the, 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 uh, the whirlpool, right? I mean, Burnley, in some respects, with 12 points at the absolute arse end of the table, is sitting better than most of the other teams because they have three games in hand. Four games in hand on Norwich. And yeah, I mean, their results are horrible. They have one win, but they do have eight draws. Nine draws. Excuse me. Thank you, guys. <laughs> the same as Newcastle, by the way. You have a win more and same amount of draws, but Newcastle have played three fewer games than Burnley, which is why when I'm looking at the table, I'm looking at Burnley and I'm thinking, uh, you know, I don't think I'm still going to make them a relegation favorite. I'm still with Norwich, Newcastle, and Watford right now looking just god-awful. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Watford, Norwich City, under normal circumstances. Oh, yes, okay, I eat my words again. It was a six-point relegation battle, so it was interesting. Watford losing 3-0 at home to uh, to Norwich, costing Claudio Ranieri his job, as indeed it should have. Watford were minus 104 at betonline.ag. Norwich plus 300. If you put even five bucks on there, you'd have come out with 15. If you put 100 bucks out, you'd have come out with 300 extra. 
But who on their right mind is going to pick Norwich for anything other than disappointment? Okay, they were coming off a shock 2-1 victory over a very lackluster and managerless Everton. But still, funnily enough, now, look at this. You've got Watford, you've got Everton, both in the bottom four of the table, both looking for managers. And then speaking of Everton, I had Everton over Villa. By the way, Watford Norwich, I uh, didn't. I didn't give you the results of uh, a pick on that on Friday because the game had already finished. Everton Villa. I said you need to go with Everton at home at Goodison. Duncan Ferguson on the sideline, going to kick the nuts out of anybody that doesn't do their job right. But apparently, there are a lot of people singing uh, in soprano for uh, Everton right now because they did lose at home to Villa 1-0. Villa plus 165 would have been a nice little um, uh, addition there. Interestingly enough, Villa were the favorites going to Goodison Park. And again, I'll say this again, away from home, Aston Villa are a team not to be taken lightly. They're 10th in the table away from home. They've taken 12 points away. There are 11 points in the, they're 11th in the table total. So, you know, they're pretty good away from home team. Brentford, Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's another one. I love the Bees, don't get me wrong. I really do. Fun team to watch. I love the fact that they, you know, come up to the Premier League and just go all out. I love the fact they've scored 38 goals for a promoted team. More goals than Everton, by the way. More goals than Burnley. More goals than Villa. More goals than Southampton and Palace. More goals than Brighton. Excuse me. I'll get my stats right. <laughs> Pardon me. They've scored more goals than Leeds, Everton, Norwich. Newcastle, Watford, Burnley. They've scored the same amount of goals as Southampton. They've scored more goals than Brighton and Wolves. They've scored the same amount of goals as Tottenham. I love Brentford, folks. But they still didn't have enough to uh, to win this game. They were supposed to be... They were playing Wolverhampton Wanderers. And Wolves doing a number 2-1 away from home. I did tell you to take wolves though so plus 157 that's a big yes for me there you go so you get one next up leeds united versus newcastle well i have to tell you i had picked leeds united to win this they were on a two-game winning streak coming off of wins against burnley and west ham but funnily enough at ellen road they lose to newcastle united which is good for newcastle because no one wants to see them relegated they are still heavily in that relegation zone but that is not a result that I had picked. Now, uh, Newcastle United were plus 290, folks. I didn't tell you to bet that, but if you had, you'd be smiling. Next up, Manchester United, West Ham United. This was a big match, actually, for European uh, bragging rights. And Man United right now finding themselves in fourth spot with 38 points. They have... Two, game, uh, two games in hand on uh, Chelsea. 
and they have a game in hand off Manchester City. They have the same number of matches as Liverpool. So you know what? I have to say this. As bad as Man United have been this season, they find themselves in sport fourth spot. And I'm not sure if that's because they've been, you know, that good or the other teams around them have been so bloody awful. Tell you what, let's pick it up on the other side of the break and get back to our review of the last match day of the Premier League before the break. I'm Nick Eber. This is World Soccer Radio. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm going to step aside, take a break, and I will be back after this. You stay with me. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Presented by betonline.ag right here on the Sports Byland Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Nick Eber with you. It's one of those days we are in the doldrums of Premier League football as we wait for the league to restart again in about 10 days. They're taking a little break. African Cup of Nations is going on as we speak. Sadeo Mane getting a concussion, continuing to play, score a goal, and then having to come off anyway. Hope there's no long-term problems there. Mo Salah getting Egypt into the next round, scoring the winning goal. Our Liverpool boys doing quite well out in the African Cup of Nations. Of course, we are going to talk briefly or not about this stadium crush issue uh, in Cameroon. We're going to get to that nightmare of a situation. Uh, but we are currently going down the happenings in the Premier League. We got as far as Leeds, Newcastle. I had said to take Leeds at minus 105. Newcastle, the underdogs, won, winning at plus 290. Man United, West Ham. That's actually where we left it off. I had said a draw. And I was rewarded in the fact that it was a low-scoring match. It was 1-0 at Old Trafford. Um, and it was like right at the end, right? I mean, that, that goal came in f- uh, to say Fergie time is uh, is uh, not really fair, right? 90 plus three. Cavani getting the goal. So we almost had it, but right at the end, snatched away from us. Man United minus 112. They were the odds makers' favorites. Anyhow, by the way, just a reminder, all odds courtesy of betonline.ag, where the game starts. Then Man City, Southampton. Now, this was the shock that was heard around the Premier League. Now, Southampton coming off a 3-1 tonking at Molyneux against Wolves the week before. They did have wins against Brentford and wins against West Ham and a draw against Tottenham. So they do get up to play the big teams. But I don't think anybody predicted... (coughs) excuse me, that Manchester City would not take all three points. I certainly didn't predict it. The draw, which is what it was, was plus 535. Man City were minus 360 favorites. 
Um, I, I didn't see that one coming. It has blown the title race open, and we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But I didn't get that one. And interestingly enough, Pep Guardiola, uh, when interviewed about this, he was sort of being pushed by the media uh, interviewing him to sort of admit that the you know the city weren't any good uh, that on the day. And you know he said actually. He thought they played great, and it was one of their better games. It's just the result didn't get the result they wanted. I don't know that I agree with him on that, but I do understand the frustration with some of these stupid questions. I mean, it's a 38-game season, right? It's not a 10-game season or a you know 20-game season. It's it's a long season, and I don't care how good you are you're going to have blips. And when it's as tight as it could be at the top of the table, when you have teams like City and Liverpool, and I'm, I'm not putting Chelsea in that list anymore, going head-to-head -head for the title, the slightest error can make fundamental differences in the validity of the race. And, and, that's, what we, and that's what we saw. If City won that game, they'd be at 59 points, they'd be 11 points ahead of Liverpool. Liverpool with a game of hand, in hand. But now, they're nine points ahead, Liverpool have a game in hand, let's assume they win that one, okay? That will make them only six points ahead, and there's still a head-to-head -head matchup to come. Which would swing at three points, if Liverpool win, of course, it's a big if, but, you know, you can see where we're going here. It, it, it becomes very, very tight. Now, coming back from the break, Liverpool are facing Leicester on February the 10th, at home, albeit, and Manchester City are facing Brentford at home. I predict City will win that game. Um, I cannot predict that Liverpool will win against Leicester City. There is that Brendan Rodgers factor there is that coming back to Anfield factor for Brendan Rodgers that is always going to have a kicker like octane boost in gasoline, which is what happens on these derbies, which is why I, you know, despite the mismatch on some of these derbies, I almost always take, I'm inclined to take a draw. But anyway, back to the picks. Southampton, live, um, Manchester City, Southampton win a draw plus 535. Arsenal, Burnley. Well, <laughs> you know, Burnley, dead bottom of the table. Arsenal been on a bit of a, you know, a bit of a blinder of late, really. I mean, yeah, okay, they lost 2-1 at home against Manchester City, but one normally would put that result aside. Other than that, it have been four wins on the bounce. Beating Southampton, beating West Ham, beating Leicester City, beating Norwich. So, yeah, you know, one would assume, Man City results aside, that, you know, at home against Burnley, that should be a fairly easy three points. Wrong. Another draw. So, I'm wrong there. That draw played, paid plus 410. I'll tell you what, betonline.ag and the other sports books paid out, shelled out big bucks this weekend, no doubt about it. Crystal Palace. Liverpool. I had Liverpool winning this, and they did indeed. 3-1 over Palace. There we go. 
Liverpool minus 175. Not huge favourites, by the way. Leicester City, Brighton, Hove, Albion. I had Leicester City winning this. Why? Well, because, you know, it was sort of a... Uh, actually, I should never have done that. But uh, I had Leicester City winning this because it was a real chance for them to uh, close the gap with Brighton and move up the table. But, you know, Leicester City just aren't looking that good, despite the fact that I think they're going to go to Anfield and have a great game. What should have been a win for Leicester City, and the odds makers would have agreed at plus 160, ended up being a draw at plus 240. Another draw. We had one, two, three. Three, wow. And then finally... Chelsea, Tottenham. I had a draw here, folks. Plus 310. Chelsea favorites, minus 135. I mean, honestly, they've had to say blip is uh, uh, is very polite, right? Because since the beginning of December, Chelsea have won three games in what is nine. But they did win. They did beat Spurs, which was surprising to me. Because on the other side of the equation, Antonio Conte has been doing a fabulous job at Spurs. They haven't lost a game since end of October. But I guess all things were due to come to an end. Spurs losing that match, Chelsea winning uh, plus, minus 135. I had a draw. So uh, if we're talking betonline.ag and the wonderful picks I gave you for my pundits' picks um, and p prognostication on fr last Friday... Um, you know, you're not happy with me because I actually got two matches right out of all the Saturday and Sunday matches, which was nine, nine matches. That's really bad. That's two out of nine. And to be honest with you, my last three or four weeks, three or four picks have been just awful, haven't they? I mean, they've really been bad. But now we're in a situation where we have a really exciting relegation battle underway and an equally as exciting title race underway. And then you've got teams like Chelsea, you know, who are only a point behind Liverpool, but, but Liverpool have two games in hand, okay? Man City, who are far behind, but still sniffing for that European place. This European place for Manchester United, excuse me, Man United, not City, is so important for them. Because it affects everything top to bottom in this club about how they are able to move forward. We're going to be going into new seasons where there is now big money again. Moshiri makes a bigger investment in Everton. Newcastle have new Saudi ownership. Um, you know, Man City, well-heeled. Liverpool, lots of funds. Chelsea, obviously Roman Abramovich. And United always seem to have funds available to make, to, make it, uh, to make the deals they want to make. But they have not been a very attractive target in terms of, you know, the future and what they can offer players. There comes a point when, yeah, the Man United shirt's important for some people, not me, obviously. But at the end of the day, if you can't make the Champions League football you're going to be a lot less enticing to some of the big players that are out there. Which, by the way, on top of the money, is one of the reasons that Paris Saint-Germain becomes 
a attractive team for a lot of players. You might say, why want why would they want to play in a crap league like League On? Well, it's because year in and year out, PSG play in the Champions League. All right, let's pick this discussion up on the other side of the break. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. I'm with each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, and then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Our podcast available anywhere you get your podcasts, Google, uh, Apple, Spotify. It's there. Just search World Soccer Radio. We're presented by betonline.ag, and I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Nick Eber with you here. <clears throat> what a uh, wonderful time this is. Uh, we get to spend together uh, each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, <clears throat> 3 a.m. on the East Coast if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. So the silly season is <clears throat> in effect for another one, two, three, four, five days. And I think we were waiting for some bigger moves in the offseason than perhaps we've seen up to this point. There have been some good moves. Uh, let's talk about them all. Arsenal, no one in. Ah, uh, They've dumped Harry Clark uh, uh, and uh, Maitland-Niles went to Roma. Uh, Belogan went to Middlesbrough. Uh, Dayan Liev released. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Kalasnach went to Marseille. Uh, Pablo Mari went to Udinese. And uh, that's about it for anyone cares about. Aston Villa. Villa have done some really good work. With the arrival of Steven Gerrard, has also seen Philippe Coutinho, Lucas Digne from Everton and Robin Olsen from Villa. Out, Keenan Davis, Wesley, Aaron Ramsey, Caleb uh, Chukwameka, thank you. El Ghazi went to Liverpool. Cameron Archer, yeah, blah, blah, a bunch of other people you don't really care about. But Villa, three good solid players in Olsen, Digne, and Coutinho. Brentford, newly promoted. They bring in Jonas Lossi from Midland. And they send uh, Lachlan Brook and Joe Adams and Patrick Gunnison and Joel Valencia all go out the door. Um, although Valencia and Lachlan Brook out on loan. Brighton Hove Albion. By the way, did I mention we're presented by betonline.ag? If I didn't, well, then um, if I didn't, then that's, uh, you know, my, my bad. Uh, Brighton Hove Albion, Casper uh, Kozlowski from Po Pogon Sesen. Excuse me, my pronunciation. Who's out, though? Well, Aaron Connolly, Kozlowski is out on loan after bringing him in. <laughs> it's kind of funny how that works, right? Uh, Jürgen Lacadia, Taylor Richards, Christian Walton, blah, blah. Burnley, only four players out, no one in. Chris Wood, by the way, going to Newcastle United. Chelsea, Laker, uh, Lewis Baker and Juan Castillo go out. Crystal Palace, uh, Killen Phillips comes in from Drogheda United. Out, Jacob Bryan, Jacob Montes, James Taylor, 
uh, Oli Weber. Everton bring in Vitaly uh, Mikolenko from Dinamo Kiev, uh, Nathan Patterson from Rangers, and Anwar El Ghazi from Villa out. Uh, Lucas Dinev to Villa and Ella Sims on loan at Hearts. Leeds United in Mateo Jose Fernandez from Espanyol. Out Ryan Edmondson, Cody Drama, and Josh Galloway. Leicester City, only two players. Out Jacob Wakeling and uh, uh, Philip Benkovic. Both, uh, well, Benkovic was released and uh, Wakeling went out on loan. Uh, Liverpool, uh, just a couple of players go out. No, you probably don't know them. Tony Gallagher and Morgan Boys. Man City, out Ferran Torres, went to Barcelona. And then a bunch of other players that you probably don't care about. Manchester United, same sort of thing, except Anthony Martial out to Sevilla on loan. Which is surprising, because I kind of thought Martial, Lingard might find their way to Everton, uh, to Newcastle. Newcastle bring in Kieran Trippier from Atletico and Chris Wood from Burnley. Norwich City is just out for Norwich City, uh, which is where they're going to be, okay? Dixon Peters, Omotoye, Mumba, Bushiri, Adame, Hernandez, Martin, Soto, all gone from Norwich City. No one in to replace them. Southampton bring in Willie Caballero free. Nice little pickup. <clears throat> they lose uh, Sam McQueen, who retires. Uh, Jack Bycroft, Dan Niandulu, Jeremy Rodriguez, Caleb Watts, Kane Ramsey, Dinel Simeu, all out. Tottenham out. Tete, Markande, and Clark. You probably don't know any of these players. They've all gone. Watford in. Here we go. This is interesting, folks. Watford, remember, new manager is needed. Watford struggling mightily. What do they do? Well, they do something about it. They bring in Makuta Okoye from Sparta, Hassani Kamara from Nice, Samir from Udinese, Ido Kayembe from Upen and Samuel Kalou from Bordeaux. They have probably been the most, the busiest team in the Premier League have been Watford. Out, Maduka Okoye to Sparta Rotterdam, and then a couple of loans, Pontus Dahlberg and Ryan Cassidy go out on loan, young players. Okay, West Ham United, Connor Coventry out to Milton Keynes Dons on loan. They do nothing, and Wolves bring in Hayo uh, uh, Kawabi from Grasshoppers and Chiquinho from Estoril and... Um, they have a four or five players going out, most of them on loan, including Dion Sanderson going to QPR. So that is an update in the transfer window. Not huge. The two teams that surprised me are obviously Norwich, Everton, and Watford. There's three teams. Listen to me, I like Monty Python. Oh, no one escapes the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, Norwich, terrible, terrible job. Look at what Watford did, though. They brought in five players. Look at what Everton did. Mikolenko, Mikolenko, Patterson, El Ghazi. Yeah, okay, Digne went out to Villa. I mean, we know Villa did good business. That's okay. So Villa, there's four teams now. Villa, Everton, Watford, and Newcastle. <coughs> the four busiest teams in the transfer window. As interesting as that sounds, and it is kind of interesting... I still think there's more to see. Uh, Newcastle are getting very close on the Brazilian uh, Guimarães from Lyon. 
would be a very, very, very good midfielder for them to pick up. Jesse Lingard wants to move to Newcastle from Man United. That would be a big move. We know uh, Martial is gone. By the way, Watford have a new manager, in case I didn't mention that. And uh, it is Uncle Roy. I mean, Steve Bruce and, and uh, <laughs> Uncle Roy are probably two of the least inspirational managers in European football. But Watford apparently, you know, want a steady hand. It is uh, going to be interesting to see how that works. Of course, he mentioned Watford making a whole range of signings. So, who's still outstanding? Will Everton still have to figure out what they're doing? I, I wonder this. I mean, uh, would Jose Mourinho move from Roma to Everton? We know that Everton have spoken to Roberto Martinez. We know that they've spoken to Vito Pereira. Um, I don't know whether that is going to be enough for Everton Football Club. He managed Porto. He managed Fenerbahce. Uh, is that is Vito Pereira the right guy? I mean, he's not. He's not young. He's you know four years younger than me, and I'm old. We'll see. What do they want, Frank Lampard at Everton? I don't know. Everton is a club searching for its place in the world, I think, at this point. But certainly have not written off the season, which is nice to see. I mean, Norwich has written off the season, despite finally being out of the relegation zone. All right, let's deal with a couple of other in, uh, issues. Uh, I want, we're obviously going to talk about some Gianni infantile, Gianni infantile statements that the head of FIFA is making. But I want to talk about this tragedy uh, in Cameroon, uh, where eight people were killed in a stadium crush. And you know, when you read this, um, terrible story about what happened. It, it brings back memories of Hillsborough, and what happened at Hillsborough and the inefficiencies of the police department and crowd control and moving people through, understanding the dynamics, understanding crowd dynamics. And you have, you know, another tragedy now where eight people killed in a, tr in a crush at a stadium. You know, rather than worry about a World Cup every two years, Gianni Infantino should have stadium safety and security right up there in his list. FIFA should be investing money going around to stadia, particularly for these big federation tournaments. Now, this is AFCON, and I understand that, you know, the African Football Federation are the people in charge of it, but FIFA needs to sit on top. FIFA puts down the rules and the regs. FIFA needs to say, you need 
to be, you know, you need to check, go through this stadium security checklist. Everywhere there is an officially sanctioned match, you need to make damn sure that you're not going to have people killed by crushes. Or let's go to England. People hurt, players hurt, because people are hurling things at them from the stands. Folks, the only way, uh, the, the, the tragedy uh, in, in Cameroon is between AFCON and FIFA. They've got to work that out. What's happening on the pitch in England with projectiles being thrown from the stands is up to you in the stands. By that I mean if you see some a-hole next to you getting ready to lob a bottle onto the pitch, stop him. Call security. Have that person arrested, put in jail, and banned for life. You do that enough, that nonsense will stop. I remember going to a match, was it Arsenal Man United at... Well, maybe an Arsenal Man United at Old Trafford, or it may, I, my memory's fuzzy. This is probably 20 years ago. In the corner section, you know, where the corner kicks are taken, a fan started to throw pennies, or pennies, but, you know, coins, at the players taking the corners. They were immediately jumped upon. I believe these were Man United fans, and I think it was at Highbury. They were immediately jumped upon by their fellow Man United supporters in that section. Literally, there was a scuffle as they took this guy down and waved, you know, <laughs> anxiously for the ushers and the police to come. And they police their own. Folks, you've got to police your own. You can't sit in stands unless it's happened in any sport. Oh, get me upset about this. All right, World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 East, and then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Um, I'm going to step aside, take a break. And when we come back, let's wrap it all up. And don't forget, I'll be with you again this week, Monday through Friday. Remember, find the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. It's just search World Soccer Radio. I'll be right back after this. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, right, you should have somehow Welcome back realized to what World you got to do. On the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and SiriusXM, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N I C K G E B E R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I love to hear from you, hear from a lot of uh, my listeners, and uh, like to respond when I can. Or certainly bring up some of the uh, issues that you may want to talk about on the show. I didn't really get to the big issue that is sort of brewing and <laughs> has been for some time. We're talking, of course, about Gianni Infantile's, well, excuse me, Infantino, his ridiculous concept for a World Cup every two years. It's an absolute blatant, despicable money grab uh, that is just trying to push the World Cup uh, again more and more. And, and folks, if you listen to this show, you'll know I enjoy the World Cup, but, you know, it's not the pinnacle of football, right? The pinnacle of football will be 
always the Champions League. And I might add, it may well be the updated Nations League between UEFA and CONMEBOL. The only two confederations, you know, ever to actually win the World Cup. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not sold, but you know me. I'm not a big fan of FIFA. I'm certainly not a big fan of Gianni, uh, as I was not a big fan of Sepp and those corrupt people that uh, went before him. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the show. We'll be back with you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on these very networks. Hope you'll join me. In the meantime, check out our podcast at our podcast network. That is the Believe, B-L-E-A-B Podcast Network. And, of course, anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple, you name it, it's there. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great evening. Stay safe. Have fun. And think about all the Premier League football that we have to wait 10 days for. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.